Let's pray, church. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word, the solace, the comfort that we find in your word, the direction that we have from your word. And I pray today that, Lord, we would use your word to help boost us in this day, that we would not lose heart, but be encouraged and so. Lord, we thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit within our lives, who is our director, our comforter, our communicator of Most High. And Lord, we just thank and praise you that he abides in us today. So Holy Spirit, help us to learn from your most precious word. In Jesus' name, amen. The last time we gathered round God's word, we noticed that Sarah laughed mockingly at the fact that she would have a child in a year's time. 25 years this was going on for. And you could imagine how, as she looked at her body, decaying and getting weaker and struggling with life as the age process was kicking in, how it was harder every year probably to hold on to this promise of God. I don't know about you, but I'm not really good at this whole patience thing. I'm okay for a wee while and then I really struggle. Abraham and Sarah, in their walk with God, in stepping into the not knowing but trusting, at times they weren't always that successful at following God. At times they made mistakes on their journey with God that we've catalogued along the way within this series. But as we open up this chapter and as we read earlier on, we see from the very first verse of this chapter, we see some lovely words and it opens by saying this, Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. The Lord was gracious and he did what he promised. After laughing in disbelief, you know, the Lord would have been, as many of us would think, right to have just said there, well, you don't believe me, so it's not going to happen. But the Lord held to his side of want of a better expression, his bargain, and he was gracious and he fulfilled that promise. Now just look at verse six and seven and look at her confession. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in my old age. You know, friends, God's timing is always perfect. And although these guys, their faith was tested over a long period of time, I just wonder sometimes, does the Lord hold off in his promises towards us that nobody then would be ever left in doubt that it was God and God alone that has done these things. Here we see that Abraham and Sarah are left to the twilight years of their lives before they have a child. No one was going to be in doubt that it was actually God who had made this happen. The sceptical laughter 
turned into laughter of celebration as they rejoiced joyfully in what the Lord had done for them. You know, in waiting for the promises of God, whether those be generic promises or um, personal promises in our lives, how we need to consider these passages of scripture to boost our to boost our confidence and build us up and to remind us just of the goodness of God, finding him faithful in the waiting. God is always doing something in the waiting, and often that's when we find him so faithful especially in these days you know Abraham as the scripture tells us in Hebrews 11 and 10 was looking for a city with foundations whose architect and builder is God and as we look forward to our eternity in God and with God we know we're living in days of much of times when people are very skeptical of faith And maybe today you have people walking with you in your circle of love that maybe don't understand who, maybe mock and laugh at you because of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I say to you today, don't lose heart. Do not lose heart. You know, in our Bible study on Wednesday night, as we came together in Zoom, as we were looking at being obedient followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, obedient disciples and making obedient disciples, We were reminded of the Lord's words and these words actually bring clarity to the circumstance. If you're in a circumstance today where you find that you are being mocked and laughed at because of your faith, here the Lord brings clarity in John 14, 15 and 7. He says this, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. So you're not alone today. Even the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Can I encourage you to press into the one that you truly know, the one that is there within you, and pray for those who maybe would mock and scorn you because the reality of it is they don't know because they cannot see or they cannot realise the presence of God yet. And I would continue to pray that their time will come when they will experience God for themselves. And I know many of you are praying sincerely, believing that God will bring your family members into his kingdom. I came across this story and I hope by reiterating the story to you this morning that it will bring you hope to keep believing and not losing heart over the promises of God, whatever they may be. I just wish I knew what year this happened. All I know, it was the 7th of May and it's a story of a guy called Roger Sim who lives in the United States of America. The reason why we know it was the 7th of May was because it was Roger's day where he was discharged for the, from the army. He had packed his heavy case, he was wearing his uniform as he came out of the gates and he couldn't get a bus to his destination to his home so he decided he would hitch a lift. And as he was probably putting up the thumb to hitch a lift, um, a black, very luxurious Cadillac approached him and he didn't think because of the car and the style that this person would have stopped for him. 
But this man did pull over and allowed him to sit in the front with him. And as they drove along, this gentleman, he introduced himself as Mr Hanover, a very well-dressed businessman, and they spoke away about an awful lot of things. Roger was a Christian, a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. And as they travelled along the road, he felt so impressed that he needed to share the gospel story with this businessman who was in his 50s. And as it can be difficult sometimes, he sat and he pondered and thought, I better do this. And when he realised that he was about 30 minutes away from his home, he plucked up the courage and he started to tell this gentleman of his faith story about all that the Lord had done for him. And then he explained the way of salvation. And he asked this man, would he like to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as his own and personal saviour? And at that point, the man pulled off the road and Roger thought, oh, I've blown this. I've made this man angry. He's going to ask me to get out of the car. But the gentleman bowed his head and asked for prayer. And he prayed the sinner's prayer and gave his life over to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he told Roger that this was the best thing that had ever happened to him. Five years later, Rogers was packing his case again to go on a business trip. By this time, he was married. He had a wee boy of two year old and he had a business of his own. And as he was packing his case, he came across Hanover's business card. Hanover Industry with the phone number and the address. And he thought to himself, when I get to this town, I will go and I will speak to Mr. Hanover and say hello again. So when he arrived at Hanover's offices, Enterprises offices, he went and he asked the receptionist, could he speak to Mr. Hanover? The lady said that that was an impossibility, but he could speak to Mrs. Hanover. He was quickly ushered into a lovely office where a lady came and greeted him, took him by the hand, shook his hand and asked, how did he know her husband? And he started to explain about his encounter with her husband. She asked, when was this? And he said it was the 7th of May and he knew it well because it was the day he was discharged from the army. And on that day also, he had the joy and the privilege of leading her husband to Christ. And this dear lady started to weep, started to cry. And she told Roger how she had prayed, believing faithfully that God would save her husband. And she had prayed for years and years for his salvation. And Roger says, well, can I see your husband again? And the lady said that on that day where he had led her husband to Christ, as he journeyed on, he was in a fatal car collision. He didn't return home. And that lady said that she felt that God had not fulfilled his promise. And on that day, she stopped following God for those previous five years. She had stopped following the Lord because the Lord she thought had not kept his promise, but he had. Beloved, don't lose heart. Whatever you know God has spoken to you about, may it be the salvation of your loved ones, may it be of some promise that God has spoken to you about in a personal manner, in a personal way, hold on and do not lose heart. God will come through.
Now, talking of mocking, we go on in verse 8 to hear within the rest of this account that when young Isaac, who probably at that stage would have been three years old and was winged, and his brother Ishmael, approximately 16, 17 at that stage, when Isaac was winged, they had a party to celebrate this. And on that day, we read how Ishmael, which wasn't very cool, never cool for anybody to mock a wee child, mocked his wee brother. And Sarah caught him doing this. And we read here, or we understand here, that basically Ishmael was fulfilling what God had previously spoken over his life. If we remember back to chapter 16, verse 2, it was said this, he will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility towards his brothers. And when Sarah saw this, she said to Abraham, I want Hagar and this boy away. I do not want them to come under this abuse, my son to come under this abuse. And this, friends, we see a stage now where there's a change in Abraham. There's a bit of maturity in his walk with the Lord. You see, before he listened to what Sarah said and he couldn't in that stage do right for doing wrong with her and it complicated his life, Hagar's life, Sarah's life, everybody's life and it's still complicating the world's peace, I suppose, in the Middle East, even to this day. But when Sarah spoke to him, this time what we say is this, he consults the Lord I said previously when we looked at chapter 16 that this probably, this time of this pandemic is probably not a great time for any of us to make major decisions in our lives. And yet if our hands are forced and we do need to make major life decisions at this point of our time, friends, be careful how you do that. Acknowledge the Lord in all your ways and he will direct your path. Make him your first port of call in all your decision making. And if you go back to the week that we preached in chapter 16, you'll see that we put other things down there for confirmation to help us make decisions in a godly way. And one of those ways would be this. Listen to the counsel of a godly spouse or a mature believer in your life as Abraham was given that blessing at this point. But it is only to confirm what the Lord has already said. And we see here in verse 11 that even what Sarah was asking, the Lord was asking, would have caused Abraham distress because Ishmael was still his flesh and blood. But we see that God is saying to Abraham Abraham, that the promise, the covenant would come through Isaac but he would still keep his, prob- his, his promise with Ishmael. You know, we read how he sends, and I'm sure that was so hard, Hagar and Ishmael away. But do you notice that he just sends them away with some food and a skin full of water? When I first read that, I thought that's a bit harsh for someone who was so wealthy to send these two people away with so little. But actually, it's a statement. A statement that he believed in what God had said over his son Ishmael. That God would keep his promise and God would look after him. God would therefore meet his need. 
and he could set them free knowing God would keep his promise the way he kept his promise of Isaac to him. And verse 14 tells us that she went on her way and wandered the desert of Beersheba. Friends, a desert place is a dangerous place for anyone. And a spiritual desert is a dangerous place even for the most seasoned of believers. Because often in the desert places where temptation comes and where we can be so easily disheartened, friends, don't lose heart. Just listen again, will you please, to how desperate Hagar and Ishmael's situation became. Look at verse 15 and 18 with me. It says this, when the water in the skin was gone, she put the boy under one of the bushes. Then she went off and sat down about a bow shot away, for she thought, I cannot watch the boy die. And she sat there, she began to sob. But God, hearing the boy's cry, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said, What is the matter, Hagar? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy's cry, boy crying as he lies there. Lift the boy up. Take him by the hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Lift the boy up, take him by the hand, because I will make him into a great nation. Church, can I say this today? Do not allow the predicament of your life today to dictate the outcome of your life. Let me say it again. Don't let your present predicament basically dictate the outcome of your life today but rather believe what the Lord has already declared over your your life remember he who has promised is faithful you're going to get through this season this time will pass too look at verse 19 then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water so she went and filled the water skin and she gave a boy, the boy a drink. The boy survived. The boy grew. He became an archer. She got him a wife and they would have started a family. Lawrence Richard in his devotional, devotional commentary writes this, God did not create a new source of water. He simply opened her eyes to see what was already present. When we are in despair, God very seldom needs to create something new for us. Most often, he simply opens our eyes to see what spiritual and other resources are all around us. I know some of you have heard me share this story before. But over 30 years ago, when I was at Bible College, I studied with a, a guy from the south of Ireland, from Dublin. And we went down to Dublin on one of the holiday periods to spend the weekend with them. And they took us to see this family that they knew. This family lived in a, an estate. They had a big manor house. But they were actually dwelling in the old gate lodge. Over the years, their finances had taken a dip. They could no longer afford to live in the big manor house. The manor house had fallen into dis disrepair. So they were living in this wee cottage 
But one day when they were out walking in their land, they came across a natural spring, a source of natural water, and they were able to bottle the water and they were able to restore their fortune again. And we were there, we saw the, the lovely wallpapers, very expensive wallpapers that these people were putting in that went with the original design and style of this big massive manor house. All the time, in the midst of their drought, in the midst of their despair, all the time on the land, there was always this source of blessing this spring. And friends, Psalm 46 and 1 tells us this, God is our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in our day of trouble. And verse 4 of Psalm 46 says this, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. Can I ask you today, and you know the answer to this question, where does the Most High dwell? He dwells within you. The New Testament tells us out of our very innermost being that there is going to flow living waters. And when waters flow, friend, water is great. Water is great when you're hurting. It basically takes away the sting. It quenches our thirst when we're dry. Water, friends, helps to refresh us when we're weary and we're tired. Water softens even when we allow our heart to become hardened. The Holy Spirit is that well that is within you. And for these uncertain days, when we don't know, but we still have to trust God, rely on that source of water, the Holy Spirit that is alive with you in you, and remember that he is with you. So do not lose heart. He's with you. He will not forsake you. He will see you through. It is him who will make you glad again. You might not have everything you need just now. Things may not be all as you would want them to be just now. But you've got the Comforter, the Holy Spirit residing in you just now. Open your eyes. See the good that is with them because of the Spirit of God. And know that it is He that will make you glad. He is enough. He is all sufficient. And it is He that will see you through. It is the Spirit of God that will see us through to the end of this pandemic and this lockdown. It is Him that will be with us each step of the way. And know that if He has promised, He will be faithful and He will keep to His promise. Amen.